All right, well, good, uh, good evening, everyone. Welcome to our uh, Wednesday um, uh, midweek service. Uh, we're going to start a new topic today, um, uh, a money point of view. Uh, we don't talk about money a lot, but we probably should talk about it more than we should. And um, the Lord just really flooded me with this insight, so I wanted to make sure uh, I shared it with us and so that we got it. Can you guys hear me clearly? Okay. Uh, just make sure you, so, so we actually got this insight. I think this a, a really benefit us. We're not necessarily going to bash uh, money, <laughs> um, but we are going to going to really get some clarity on uh, its benefits and sometimes its hurdles. All right, so I want to uh, just open up with just this thought for us to be thinking about. We'll probably be thinking about this throughout. You know, are we or are you justified by God or money? Are you justified by God or money? And so as we, we navigate through a money point of view, I think uh, that question will get clearer and clearer uh, for us. You know, some of us uh, just advance what we're doing already, and some of us will make uh, adjustments or adapt. Right, let's look at Acts chapter 13, verse 39. Are you justified by God or money? Acts 13.39, but I'm going to read it out of the Amplified. It says, and that through him, everyone who believes, who acknowledges Jesus as his Lord and devotes himself to him, is absolved or clear and freed from every charge from which he could not be justified and freed by the law of Moses and giving right standing with God. Right? So, when you think about uh, justification, you think about uh, being absolved or cleared or freed from. So, you know, as we navigate through, as, as we navigate through life, um, we, you know, we make choices and decisions. Some of them good, some of them bad, some of them uh, godly and some of them not. <laughs> right? But what gives us a peace in this life? What, what, what tells us the path that we're going is okay. Is it God? Is it his word? Is it the Holy Spirit? Is it Christ? Or is it money? You know, or do we say it's okay because we're at, we're at a certain financial status, right? Is money, uh, just you know, just something for us to think about. Is money our final authority or justification? Is money our final authority or justification? Now, again, reflex answer, you know, you, you know, the first thought may be, of course not. You know, I mean, because, you know, we're Christians. We're in church, right? <laughs> That's how we're supposed to operate. But this the whole purpose of what God's trying to get us to realize is to locate. Because you know how you navigate through life, and, and, and as we've gotten older and, uh, and have grown, I was talking to Lou, Lou's 35, so it's, and it just stew me like I'm like 20. In August, I'll be 24 years older than that guy. <laughs> like, I actually remember 35. Like, wow. But anyway, <laughs> you know, as we get, as we get older, uh, <laughs> it's amazing. Um, 
Like there's times when I made choices and actually anybody is watching from back coming through college and just growing. Like I always had a, a reason for doing things. Like I just wasn't haphazardly doing it. I had a reason. Now, now I might have called it a good reason, <laughs> you know, but it wasn't always a good reason. It just was, sometimes it was Keith's reason. Sometimes I didn't really go as far enough to find out what the, the actual truth was. I just went as far as I could to find something to justify the position I was in at that time. I really didn't want to know, you know. Now, I wouldn't have told you that, you know. Um, and I can articulate the little I knew pretty well, um, pretty convincingly. Uh, but, but something about the truth, it always finds you. <laughs> And when I found the truth, I had a choice at that point. I could keep uh, in pride, stick to my guns on what I thought, or I could change, you know. And uh, over my the last 20-something odd years, I've had to change a lot. <laughs> I had to change a lot. I had to learn a lot of different perspectives. And even when it comes to money, matter of fact, I tell you this about, about what I thought. You know, one of my reasons for not coming to church was money. I thought, you know, all preachers did was take your money. Um, and, and, and I've said this before, but I really didn't have any money, so I don't know why, you know, I was so worried about going to church for preachers to take my money. What was they going to take? You know, like, I ain't really had nothing. And if I did have something, I wasn't going to give it. So I could have went to church, learned something, and held on to what, a little bit of money I had. And then um, I, I didn't think you were supposed to talk about money in church. Now, that wasn't necessarily because I studied anything out. I just thought money was off limits at church. So the first time I went to a church, uh, and actually it was in um, uh, Columbus, church I was at for 18 years, and they was talking about money. I was sitting there going, man, they ain't supposed to be talking about that in here. Based on what? Just, I felt like you wasn't supposed to, you know. Um, and uh, I didn't know money. And then he, and the person was quoting scriptures. So I just like, money's in the Bible? <laughs> like the word. I didn't know because I just wasn't aware of it. And, but the more I learned, the more I adjusted my life and my money point of view. Right? I adjusted my money point of view. And so, so, so I just asked the question, is money our final authority or our justification? Hey, hey, does, does, does money uh, give us the okay that we can shun obedience? You know, like, you know, you guys, God's telling us to do something in terms of being obedient, and, but because we're at a certain financial status, we got now, you know, money said it was okay. I don't have to do that. <laughs> it's okay, I, you know. No, no, I'm exempt from that, you know, because of my money, right? So, so the interesting thing is... Uh, I want you to think about this thought, the intoxication, the worship, uh, and the love of money has pushed the true riches of purpose and fulfillment into our blind spot. So a lot of times the intoxication, worship, or love of money uh, has pushed the true riches of purpose and fulfillment into a blind spot. And so, so sometimes we, we can get so caught up in keeping up that, that the true riches of purpose and fulfillment and the resources attached to that is in the blind spot. Like we don't even realize it. We can't even see it. 
But let's go to First Timothy six. We're gonna spend. We're gonna be going in and out of First Timothy six. This is great. Great book to read just to meditate on when you have time, you know, just to go back and forth. <laughs> There's a lot of wisdom in, in uh, First Timothy, especially chapter 6. All right, so, 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 of course, one of these scriptures are familiar to us, but we'll get into it a little bit. Uh, starting here with verse 10. Uh, I think I want to read out a different version. Hold on one second. Okay. Yeah. So I'll read it out of the Amplified. It says, for the love of money is, is a root of all evils. The love of money is... Now, the interesting thing is Amplified says it is a root of all evils. If you line all the evils up and you get to their root, the love of money is the root. <laughs> right? It says it is... It is through this craving that some have been led astray and have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves through with many acute mental pangs, right? Of course, the King James Version says through with many sorrows, right? Verse 11, it says, but as for you, O man of God or woman of God, flee from all these things. Aim at and pursue righteousness, right standing with God and true goodness, godliness, which is the loving fear of God and being Christ-like. It says faith, love, steadfastness, patience, and gentleness of heart. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold, <clears throat> lay hold of the eternal life to which you were summoned and for which you confessed a good confession of faith before many witnesses. Verse 13. In the presence of God, who preserves alive all living things and of Christ Jesus, who is his testimony before Pontius Pilate, made the good confession, I solemnly charge you to keep all his precepts unsullied and flawless, irreproachable until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, the anointed one. Verse 15. It says, which appearing will be shown forth in his own proper time by the blessed only sovereign ruler, the King of kings and Lord of lords. Verse 16, who alone has immortality in the sense of exemption from every kind of death and lives in unapproachable light, whom no man has ever seen or can see. Unto him be honor and everlasting power and dominion. Amen. Or so be it. All right, so here it says, you know, this love of money. Now, I, I said I wasn't going to bash money. Money's neutral, right? We'll get into that in a second. But this is saying the love of money is the root of evils. So it's how we appropriate money. It's our money point of view, you know, just how we look at it. Now, if it's our, if it's our justifier or if it's our qualifier or it's a, if it's our approval, if it's our badge, if it determines our significance, now we're looking at we're going to end up valuing money a whole lot more than God. Even if we're not necessarily money hungry, uh, we'll seek money's approval as we make our decisions. Our confirmation in all our decisions will be money, right? You know, uh, that's what's uh, delayed people in ministry a lot of times. 
because God's he's looking deep in their heart. Man looks on the outward appearance. God looks on the heart. He says, I'm not in your heart. Money's in your heart. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? So, so he, he actually sees this. You know, I, you know, as I was growing up in the hood and being around different situations, you have this line, got to get that money. Got to get that money. That, that's the next line right, right, right here. The next, what you just said, got to get that money, got to get that paper, got to get that paper. It, it's a focus. They, 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 they look at that as a focus. Um, but it, but that's, not, that's, not the, that's not the purpose of our lives. And if, if right now, so that's their justifier. You know, why are you out here risking your life, risking your family's life, putting yourself in a position where your kids may never see you again, you locked up, you know, or, or, or you, something happened to you, you can get killed. Why, why are you doing that? Well, money said it was okay. I just talked to money the other day and money said it was cool. And, and, and why, why are you, so I'm, you know, I represent a man of God. You represent a man of God, so I come and I talk to you, and you're looking at me like, I don't have to listen to you. How much money you got? See, something in your mind says that money tells you it's okay to make your choices, not God's word, right? Right? <laughs> you, know, I, you know, they got this thing where they, they, they uh, not try to be graphic, but they make it rain in clubs, Right? And some of us think that's a, a, a reflection of celebration, uh, but it's actually a reflection of resentment. It's, it's representative of a poor relationship with money. You don't value it. See, see, <laughs> it's a poor, unappreciative money point of view. It's an unappreciative money point of view. So let's change that thought then. Instead of, uh, because we've been talking about money love um, or love of money, we can almost say in those situations, making it rain, whatever, it's money resentment. A lot of people have money resentment. Think about it now, now just throwing around money like you don't appreciate it, you don't value it uh, when you resent uh, the person you're in a relationship with. You, you abuse them. You don't you don't care for them the same way, right? Um, and a lot of it is resentment. And, and you say to yourself, where does the resentment come from? See, because some people have, 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 have sacrificed great relationships, family, um, connections, opportunities, all for money, right? They've sacrificed a lot of things for money. Uh, when I first got married, my biggest... Challenges. I grew up learning to grind, and so when we when we first got married, our issue was, "Babe, just chill out, just hang in there. Once we get here, everything will be all right." So for me, I didn't I didn't really feel I had to invest in now. You know, uh, sacrifice now, <laughs> save all that investment for later. <laughs> Right? So I'd be like, just hang in here. Once we get here, be cool. Hang in here. Once we get here, be cool. And God told me, he's like, what are you doing? What are you doing? You're, you're telling somebody to suffer. You're telling somebody to do without. Uh, I put you in their life to connect, to commune, 
uh, to be in covenant, to flow together, to grow together, and you're telling that person to sit there and starve without resources until you get where? Where, 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 you, go, where you going? And what's going to happen? I was listening to a, a, a coach, won two, a couple of Super Bowls, and I interviewed him. And he says, so, so, hey, what do you think now, you know, now that you're not playing? He says, well, I have some regrets. He says, because, yes, I won these rings and trophies. He says, but it was at the expense of my family. I lost my family. I lost my marriage. I'm, I'm trying to regain connection with my, my children. But while this person was navigating, what was telling them it was okay? Money. Why were people tolerating it? Money. <laughs> hey, you see somebody in a terrible relationship. Why, why are they hanging in there? <laughs> Money. Money says it's okay. Listen, man, you're getting a little abused. I've, I've heard mothers advise their daughters, hey, listen, come on. The guy's paid. Suck it up. <laughs> Money says, the, the mother's almost saying, no, nah, I talked to money. Money said it's okay. You can go through that abuse. You'll be fine. Listen, you can buy whatever you want. <laughs> You're sad and empty, but hey, you can buy whatever you want. Right? I went to, we went to a council at a couple's house. They, they, their uh, fireplace was probably as high as this ceiling. It might have been higher. And I was just sitting there. We was counseling. And it was just an interruption. Let me ask you something. I said, did I even notice you live in this house? And then they looked. They was like, I hadn't even thought about it. I said, y'all been so busy going at it. And y'all don't work hard. I said, each room looked like, uh, you know, like the model. Every room was, was like, I mean, they had it. It looked like you, you were shopping for a home. Huge home on, a, on, a, uh, on this uh, golf course. I was about to say where. I don't want to say where. Um, but, and I was like, and I, and I could see it, like the Holy Spirit arrested me. He said, step back. He said, they don't even know they live here. Pain is screaming so loud, they can't even see, it, see, feel, enjoy, or benefit from what they have. Why are they still in this situation? Because money said it was okay. <laughs> they consulted with money. Oh, people go through stuff. You got money. Should be happy. Right? Wives tell their husbands, husbands tell their wives, why are you complaining? You got money. <laughs> money says it's okay. I don't have to, like, spend time with you. You got money. <laughs> like, go shopping. Do something. Leave me alone. <laughs> right? Because money says it's okay. Right? And so what happens is, like, when you see the whole making it rain, there's a, there's a subconscious resentment there because that, what that person is saying in that moment is, money, you were supposed to make it all worth it. Come on, money. You're supposed to make it all worth it. You're supposed to bring fulfillment and love. Where's my fulfillment and love? You played me, money. You showed me fullness but gave me emptiness. You played me. You lied to me, money. But money didn't lie. 
Money's neutral. We just had the wrong money point of view. That's, that's, that's why people are resentment. You know, they get to, I've, I've interviewed folk, I've talked to people. Ah, now that you've got here, how does it feel? That's not what I thought it was going to be. But, but how did you get to this point and skip all those things? Money said it was okay. <laughs> I talked to money. <laughs> so imagine sitting down and having a conversation with God who sent you here for a purpose and you're going to be, we're going to be like, uh, uh, what was it, Adam, right? It was the money you gave me. <laughs> no, 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 it was the money you gave me. I, 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 listen, I would have did it, but money said it was okay. Money said I didn't have to uh, uh, come to church. Money said I didn't have to get in the Word because I had money. No, you good, you good. So I was at, I was at a church, and uh, this, this leader was hired. And so the leader started making choices and decisions. They weren't trying to be evil. They just weren't really trying to learn the heartbeat of the, of the, the top leader. They just kind of just, just couldn't wait to be in a position maybe to do their own thing. So they was making some, some very uh, uh, detrimental decisions. And so I remember they asked me to do something. I said, oh, <laughs> Because I pay attention. If I'm going to serve you, I'm going to study you, and I know how you want to flow. So I probably got on people's nerves. I was like, okay, so where would you get that information from? Because if you told me something that I know wasn't in line with the leader, I was like, ah, that's now I, he specifically said he didn't want to do that. So I, I remember asking, okay, so, so, so what the, exactly did he tell you? And it was, there you go. No, no, not there you go. What did he tell you? You know, finally the person said, I really didn't listen. I said, because I know he didn't tell you that. And so this person, uh, this was before I started working for the church, so they was a leader over me. And, and I said, ah, he doesn't really like when we do that. I take full responsibility. And so I did it, and then I got questioned. I said, well, <laughs> they told me it was okay, and they would take full responsibility. Then I got interviewed. I said, well, just to let you know, that move over there, <laughs> Listen, I'm, I'm just serving. Well, that's what money's been doing. And when God calls us out on what we purpose to do, we're going to be saying, well, money said, 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 approved it. <laughs> money said it was okay. Now, that's not, what, that's not our approval. Our approval is God's word. We got to shift. You, you, you think about how we, we, we're, we're on a grind, we're on a climb, and we get into a certain position, and money, money shows up, and all of a sudden, we think we're relieved from our responsibilities. See, money's neutral. Nothing, money, money is not supposed to change who you are, which we'll get, we'll get into this in a second. All right, so let's go to verse 17. We read up to verse 16, verse 17. And I'm going to read that to Amplify. I just kind of like the Amplified. It says, as for the rich in this world, charge them not to be proud and arrogant and contemptuous of others. Right? Excuse me. Excuse me. It says, uh, nor to set their hopes on uncertain riches. 
gambling, okay? It says, but on God. Set their, their hopes on God, not on uncertain riches, you know? It says, who richly and ceaselessly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. So it says God provides us everything we need for our enjoyment. Uh, the King James Version says, gives us richly to enjoy, right? Gives us all things richly to enjoy. Uh, verse 18, charge them to do good, these rich folk, to be rich in good works. It says to be liberal and generous of heart, ready to share with others, right? Verse 19, in this way, laying up for themselves the riches that endure forever as a good foundation for the future so that they may grasp that which is life indeed, right? Uh, the, the King James Version says, uh, charge them that are rich in this world that they be not high-minded nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who giveth us richly all things to enjoy, that they, that they do good, that, that they be rich in good works, ready to distribute and willing to communicate. And that's shared with others. It says, laying up in store for themselves a good foundation against the time to come, that they may lay hold on eternal life. So it's saying here that, that it's not saying don't be rich. It's saying that those that be rich have to watch how their money point of view. Because sometimes people can get rich and lose sight of why God afforded them the riches. He afforded them the riches for good works. He afforded them the riches to be in a position for him to use to impact lives. Not just for them to wear like a badge. Right? And, you know, and that's what happens. <laughs> And that, that's, that's why it's so dangerous when we get secure when we've earned a particular dollar status as opposed to getting secure when we've earned a particular place in God's presence. See, it's a difference. But sometimes when we get a particular dollar status, we get, especially if it's more than the, our family or, or people we're around or people that we know, you know, we sometimes there's a level of uh, presumptuous. Uh, pres presumptuousness or overconfidence, right? And so, so, so now again, with God's given us advanced information for a reason. So as God is about to flood resources, God is trying to give us the information because we can, we can sometimes get lax. You know, it really is a, a discipline. It's more of a discipline when you have than when you don't. Because when you don't, a part of that is making you work to have. <laughs> But when you have, can you still, still uh, love God, stay locked in God, be consistent with God, be obedient to God, right? <laughs> so, so a lot of times we use our money point of view sometimes or, or a particular status, we use this to excuse our commitment to God. So I don't have to be totally committed. God understands because money, I got, you know, I got, got to get that money, got to get that paper. And, and, and we might not say it, but subtly, it's, that's our justifier. Come on. I'm getting the money. Like, everybody knows it's okay not to commit to God when I'm trying to get money. I'm not just sitting around the house, right? But that's not, that, that's not how God operates, right? Um, <laughs> it's how many, it's, 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 it's what causes many to rest in delusion, you know?
from unhappy marriages to unhappy employment. People rest in these states because money says it's okay. <laughs> oh, get abused longer. All that faith stuff, you don't have to worry about that. Just, just keep grinding, you get money. I remember I was working, um, ooh, I, I, I'm losing sight of the hours. Because they used to mandate us to work overtime. So that was an extra shift. And then I was the guy at one time, if you wanted somebody to work overtime, just talk to me. Matter of fact, the duty officer would come to, come to my unit and be like, I got you. I got you for the day. So he was almost coming to say, yeah, I got some overtime for you, as opposed to, do you want to work overtime? <laughs> and, and, you know, and I was kind of just, uh, you know, grinding, just, just, just got a house. And then I was coaching, uh, trying to press into the kingdom and the things of God. And not to be gross, but I remember I was, I was, I was coaching. I was throwing up before and after the games. Uh, just, but I didn't realize it was just stress, you know, because I was getting no sleep, you know, just constantly grinding. And, it, and then talking to one of my friends, and he was like, you know, you can spend, I have to share this with you guys before, you can spend eight hours with God and get an idea for millions. You can work eight hours and get a few hundred. And when he said it, I was like, ah. He's like, I couldn't get around it. You know, we was walking. And I didn't tell him, but I was like, I can't get around that. I got to listen. And so, I, you know, I said, okay, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to work. No, no, no. I, I talked to God. God said, so, Keith, let me ask you, uh, can you do this another year? And I, I was, I don't know, 50 hours a week. I don't know how many hours. It's crazy. Uh, and I was like, sometimes I work 20-hour days. And he said, he said, Keith, can you do this another year? I was like, no one ever asked me. I said, no. He said, let me ask you something. He didn't go to six months or not. He went, God went from a year to a month. He said, could you do this another month? I said, if I could be honest with you, no. He said, could you do it another two weeks? I said, no. Now, no one asked me. I really felt I'm doing this until, but there never really was a time. But in my mind, there was. And stuff was just, just constantly, years going by, I'm still doing this, breaking myself down, getting a little irritable. Pastor Mel was talking about the little time bomb. Time bomb showed up a lot around then. A volcano erupted literally every three months. Like, like you know, it wasn't, it was, at, it was time just right. And, um, and I just realized, I said, okay, well, I'm just going to take eight hours. And I spent the whole day, eight hours to- uh, talking to God, took a day off. You know, uh, my sister-in-law that passed away, she let me hold a house. We didn't have a house at the time. <laughs> so let me hold her house, and I just spent time with God. Um, uh, the basketball camp, that's where I got the idea from, just spending time with God. And so, so, so money tells us it's okay not to stay locked into God and keep moving in the path that he designed for us. And it's a dangerous thing. Let's, uh, see, the world... Hold on a second. I forgot to tell you something. So our excuse has been money and getting that paper, right? You know, I've been hearing that forever, you know. And that's been our excuse. I'm getting that paper. I'm getting that paper. Got to get that paper. Matter of fact, you, well, you, you start a conversation off with that. What you doing, man? I'm getting that paper, man. Getting that paper. The person's like, okay, hey, you getting that paper. <laughs> as long as you're getting the paper, it's okay, right? You checked with money, right? Did money approve that over time? <laughs> you good, right? And um, see, the world measures us by money, 
uh, or gain versus godliness. The world measures us by money or gain versus godliness. God doesn't measure us by money. He measures us by godliness. Let's look here, up here, in, uh, starting with verse 5. I just want to see if I want to read it out of a different version. I'll just read verse 5 out of King James Version. It says, perverse disputings of men of corrupt minds and destitute of the truth, supposing that gain is godliness, from such withdraw thyself. Listen listen to the Amplified. Uh, It says, perverse disputings of men of corrupt minds and destitute of truth, supposing that gain is godliness from such withdraw thyself. But godliness with contentment is great gain. I must have just, I thought I did the Amplified, I did the King James. Godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and certainly we can carry nothing out. And having food and raiment, let us be there with content. We talked about this in content with God. But they which be, uh, but they that will be rich fall into temptations and a snare and to and into many foolish and hurtful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. Right? See, see, again, so when we're tempted to be disobedient, it makes us thirsty for gain, not godliness. When we're tempted to, when we're disobedient, it makes us thirsty for gain, not godliness. We shift our, our, our point of view to money, not God. Right? We shift our point of view to money and not God. And, and so, you know, I was in a culture, and I can't necessarily say it was intentional, but I know the focus was gain is godliness. You know, like the more you gain, oh, oh, oh you godly. You, how much money you got? You godly. No, 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 no. Gain is not God. The description just said that gain is not godliness. Your, your, your money doesn't determine your status with God. Your heart does, though. Your heart does, right? <laughs> so, 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 and, and, I, and I, as I was meditating on this, I was meditating on this a while ago, then the Lord woke me up uh, like last week. I'm talking about within 15 minutes, just about probably half of this whole sermon. I, I just, I couldn't stop. I just kept writing, just writing down stuff. And what I was meditating on some months ago was, you know, how children and adults idolize and, appu- and approve artists based on money. Not based on where they are with God, but based on money. You know, <clears throat> they quote them to justify their compromise based on money. So, in other words, somebody's not doing what God says, they'll look for somebody that has money and go, well, they said this. And they're, and they're almost saying that that statement should be valued because they got money. <laughs> because of a, a money point of view. Not because of where they are with God, but, <laughs> you know, I, I, I watch, you know, I watch different shows, you know. I'm mostly probably movies and sports. I, I mean, I don't watch a whole lot of other stuff uh, <clears throat> when I have the time. But I, but, I, but I tell my wife this all the time. I said, it's amazing how you know, journalists and professionals offer their platform to rebels to suck up to their money. 
So here, this is years ago, certainly some of these platforms, you would never see some of these people. But why are these people? And then, you know, so, so, so I, I'm just going to put it out here. So you, so you could be watching a sports show. This, the person that's, that's, that's hosting the show has gone through years of journalism and beat writing and writing in, 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 in newspapers and hoping their article make the front page and been sent out there to, you know, because, you know, you're trying to interview people and they're like, make it out of my face, you know, so, have gone through years and years of rejection, right, to get on this platform to, to be a journalist. And now, you know, now with our culture now, a lot of these people that used to write in, in, in the newspapers are now have their own shows. But so you've gone through all that, but you've just given this platform to this person, they would go through none of that, not a journalist, actually talking crazy, right? But they got money. And so, so if I came up to you and said, no, so how he get on your show? Well, I was talking to money, and money said it was okay. <laughs> money said it was okay. Like, if you, you, you see it all the time, and you're like, really? Like, take that person's money away. Would you, would you put them on your show? Remove their money. Would they be on your show? Would they be on your show when you're asking them to almost be an expert on what you have to research to do? So that's just like me and you sitting there talking, and somebody just invite us to one of these shows. We're just going to give our opinion. And you, you listen to the opinion. What do you really think? Because money said it was okay. <laughs> you see it all the time. Y'all going to look at things totally different now. Watch. Right? Well, some of y'all already been looking at it this way. Right? So, so the interesting thing is God's allowed riches in the earth realm. You know, just like he put that tree called the knowledge of good and evil. He's allowed it. We have choice, though. See, 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 we were supposed to choose obedience to draw authority with that tree. We're supposed to choose the covenant, not coveted money, right? We're supposed to choose God. So, 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 so I don't understand what God, God's allowed it here. Yeah, he's allowed it for, for okay, let's go here to uh, uh, Luke 16. So the purpose of God allowing riches, um, just like the tree of knowledge of good and evil, it's always to measure our value of him. See, see, the person that values God, God can approve and release to the next level. Not the person that has lip service, you know, honor me with your lips is your heart is far from me, right? You know, not the person that's got all the protocols down, but the person that's heart, like David, heart was towards God. So God is looking at our value to him. And the thing is, I know this about God. I've been spending time with him. And he's been showing me, he's like, hey, if I, if, I, if, if I know at every platform, no matter how much money you have, no what the temptation is, no matter the pressure, no matter the persecution, you're going to stay locked into me. I'm sending you to that platform. It's no different than a coach. I watched those coaches at Ohio State almost break those kids. And they would come to Bible study and be like, man, I... This coach, man, he, he just took me through. I was like, oh, good. He was like, what do you mean good? I said, they can't bust 105 people in the 105,000 people in the pack practice. So they got to simulate that pressure in practice. And they, they're not, they don't want you to be perfect. They want to see how you handle when you're not. And the person that can handle 
mishaps and mistakes and play through it. I'm putting them out there in front of 105,000. God is saying the same thing. He, he already know we're going to slip, make mistakes, and not, but, but do we slip and jump into craziness? You know what I'm saying? You know, you're, you're, you're climbing up this mountain, and then you slip, and then you just jump off of it? <laughs> That's what we're doing now? <laughs> you, you know, I mean, you know, what about cliffhanger? You know, like you're just trying to hold on, you know. <laughs> and so the, the way we rolling in the movie, you know, like the girl's falling, he was holding on. So as soon as she slipped, he's like, hey, shouldn't have slipped. Just let her go? No, you hold on, right? You try to get, regain your grip. And so God is looking at those that are trying to regain their grip. No matter what, how slip, whoa. Nice. Like, matter of fact, when you watch people do that and they slip and they get their grip back, you're like, whoa, that's sweet. And then you look at how they're handling it. I mean, I know it's a movie. What's, what's a uh, Mission Impossible? You know, <laughs> he ain't had no harness or nothing, you know. But, but you can trust somebody like that if, that if there is somebody like that. You can trust somebody like that. Because no matter what the situation, you're not worried about them panicking. Right? So, so, so this money point of view thing is God is saying, y'all ain't been passing this money test. At the lowest levels. So what do you think you're going to do when you get much money? Because we ain't got nothing right now. And if, if, if that distracts you from your, your, your flow with me, because you got money, I'm not. Okay, so, so you got these kids back here. So you go out and you buy them the, the newest whatever, PlayStation or tablet, and they spend the whole day with the tablet. And you're trying to talk to them, and they're like, <laughs> good timing, right? And they just kind of like, you know, slapping you away. You ain't buying a tablet not to spend no time with your kids. You're not buying a tablet for that reason, are you? <laughs> I just said it like I assume the goal is you still want to spend time with the kid. Well, God is not trying to give you money so you have no more time with him. So when, so, so when he's sending somebody to his house that needs service, that needs your smile, that needs your insight, needs you to ask them a question that day, needs you to take them out to eat like somebody did last week, you're available. Not, well, I got money now, so money told me it was okay for me not to press like I was before. Right? Because more money, you got more options, right? But God is hoping that the options don't stop you locking and being anchored in him. All right, so I told you to go to Luke 16, right? And we're talking about a money point of view, right? A money point of view. God knows what we need, doesn't he? All right, so let's start here with verse 10, Luke 16, 10. It says, he that is faithful in the least is faithful also in the much. Now, you notice this is not, it didn't say might be faithful and also in the much. It's a possibility they might be. It's a chance they, it actually says, he that is faithful, which is in the least, is faithful also in much. So it's like, if you're faithful in the least, you'll be faithful in the much. So God doesn't sit around 
See, we sit around and have a thousand conversations, get all in our head. God ain't got to do all that. God said, like, I know how you're going to be in the month is how you are in the least. <laughs> and then we'd be like, well, I just want to have a conversation. No, you can, you can have all the conversations you want, but the principle is the principle. It's obvious how you are in the least. Why would you, why would you, why would you think you're going to be better with more, with more options <laughs> and more distractions? It says, he that is unjust in the least is unjust also in the must. Much. It's not saying any option. It's saying I can measure you by how you operate in the least. Right? And then um, verse 11. If therefore you have not been faithful in unrighteous mammon, which is interpreted money, who will commit to you? Look, look, look. Who will commit to your trust the true riches? So that, that means as much money as we obtain. There's some true riches that we have not seen, right? It says, uh, verse 12, it says, if you have not been faithful in that which is another man's. So it's saying that there's a position with, in our training as we're going through where it's about others. It's faithful in others. So, so, so how you use money to in, impact others, to be there for others, to push others, Right? It says, if, if you have not been faithful in that which is another man's, who shall give to you that which is your own? See, the true riches are, are reserved for God moving you into a particular place. But you have to maximize and complete what's happening in the least and impacting others, right? And in verse 13, look, no servant can serve two masters. It says, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and man. And that interprets money. You can't serve God and money. Right? You can't serve. So, so God has allowed riches, and especially us to, to obtain certain things, to see where we are with him. And see where we value him. Right? But, but, but let me just give you this thought. I really want you to think about this thought. And, and some people that are out there watching. And I want you to think about where you are. And I want you to think about what you have. You know, some of you are multimillionaires. Uh, some of you have got great businesses, great jobs, great impacts, whatever the case may be. I want you to think about that, right? Now think about this statement. All we have is not, is not always all he has for us. All we have is not always all he has for us. That attaches to every level of person. So, so none of us are exempt for the, from the person that thinks, well, you know, I only make this. This person that, you know, I, I travel the world. I, all we have is not always all he has for us. Right? <laughs> and so we have to ask ourselves, can we be trusted with the true riches? Can we be trusted with, a tr with the true riches? And so you have to ask yourself this. You know, just thinking about this whole money point of view. If money is the gold standard, the once I have this, I'm good. If it's the gold standard, why are the so-called, and, and this is not everybody, but why are there so many people wealthy on drugs, depressed, suicidal, without peace? If money is the gold standard, 
you know, why are people flipping, tripping, and losing their minds? If, 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 if you figure you got money, right? It should be a piece. Yeah, why are they making so much money off reality shows now? And ain't nobody on the show, with the exception of maybe a couple shows, everybody talking crazy. <laughs> But, but with money, you would think we just be getting a bunch of wisdom like Solomon, right? <laughs> That's not the case, right? Right? So, so here it is. Love of money is the root of all evil. It's the root. Love of money. Not money. Money is neutral. I was at a service one time, and the guy took a $10 bill, threw it on the ground. He said, that money right now on the ground is just $10 on the ground. He said, whoever picks that money up and depends on what they do with it, determines what's going to happen with that money. The money is neutral. It's just sitting there. Well, somebody can pick it up and buy drugs with it. Somebody can pick it up and bless somebody's life with it. You know what I'm saying? So, so, so you know, I, had, I was really warped in my thinking, you know, you're not supposed to talk about money, this, that, money. No, it's, money is f- fine. It's a re- excuse me. It's a resource. Right? But it's what, it's what you do with it. Which, which uh, did I skip? Okay, I didn't, I didn't get it good. I'll be patient. All right, let's go to uh, Ecclesiastes 10. Set a little foundation today. The Lord told me to take my time, so I'm not going to rush to what I really want to talk about. All right, I'm going to read that out of Amplified also, you know. Amplified is kind of like my, oh, I'm sorry, Ecclesiastes 10, 16 through uh, 19. Amplified is kind of like my go-to. I, I like to amplify it. And the New Living Translation. So I'm the King James guy, but, you know, sometimes I like to amplify it. All right, it says, uh, Woe to you, land, when your king is a child. <laughs> And when and when you're a when you're incompetent officials and princes feast in the morning. So I'm saying, watch out if you have rulers that are immature. Remember, you remember uh, the air is no different from a servant as long as he's a child, right? He says, he says, he says, whoa! When your king's a child, and when your incompetent officials and princes leaders feast in the morning, mean it's all about them first. <laughs> right? It says, blessed, look, prosperous and admired are you, O land, when your king is a man of noble birth, a noble process of birth. See, a noble birth is going through the proper processes to be birthed, which we talk about this in the faithful few, right? It says, and your princes and officials feast at the proper time. So, leaders are supposed to feast at the proper time, Right? <laughs> It says, and, 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 and it says, for strength and not for drunkenness. So they, they feast at the proper time to gain more strength, but not, to, not for drunkenness, not for gluttony, and not for lust. So, so, so now, of course, this is talking about princes and kings, but we can say husbands. We can say wives. We can say leaders. Anybody leading. It says when they feast first for themselves for greed, for lust. He says, you're in trouble. 
you in trouble. He says, but if it's at the proper time for strength to, to, to make sure they're in a position to lead even better, to benefit, to serve better, you're in a good place. You're in a good place there, right? It says, it says look, through laziness, the rafters of state affairs decay and roofs, uh, roof sags through idleness, the roof of the house leaks. The officials make a feast for enjoyment instead of repairing what is broken. It says, and serve wine to make life merry, and money is the answer to everything. So what it's saying is these, these officials are so busy about uh, getting their uh, merry on, they're missing things. Things are going in their blind spots. So, so they're not, so, so this is talking about the roof, and, and, and we know uh, the roof keeps the house covered. It keeps it protected. But it's saying as the, as the protection is being weakened and leaking, instead of them doing what it takes to keep it solid, they're off and they're consuming of themselves. You see what I'm saying? They're off and, 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 and not, not, see, again, it's in a blind spot. So you can't see everything is breaking down around you. But when you, 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 you feast for nourishment, see, see, when you give these people even money, they don't use it to build. They use it to shine because they have a warped money point of view, right? And so, so at the end here, it says their, their, their point of view of money is it's the answer for everything. Or the King James versus money answers all things, right? And so, so, you know, so as my mind works, I was thinking through this. Um, does it really answer all things? Now, this might surprise you. I'm going to say, yes, it does. And... It answers all things as a servant. As a servant. See, just like wisdom, money was designed to serve all things. Money was designed to serve all things. When needed, it must answer, respond, meet all demands. The call to service the need. See, money was designed to answer, respond to, and answers respond to all things. It was designed to be a servant. This is not how they're using it. They're saying money is the wisdom or the, the correction or the justification of all things. No, 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 no. That's not, that's, they, they, they're off. But it is designed to, to serve all things. See, see, <laughs> see, we're not designed to answer all things. We're designed to answer God and to serve God, right? But money is, is and I'm, I'm going to explain it here. Um, uh, all right, so let's go to, let's go back to Luke 16. But see, when I say we're not designed to answer all things, the Scripture says meditate on the Word day and night, do all that's written therein. Then shall you make your way prosperous, and then shall you have good success. Joshua 1.8, right? So, so, so we're supposed to be responding and answering to God, right? God's kingdom, God's people in need and things of that nature. You know, you can, 
expanding. But money is supposed to be uh, serving us. So, so from that angle, you know, which I know that's a different angle to look at, and that's something the Lord had revealed to me. Um, I hadn't heard that preached, uh, but not trying to uh, create some false doctrine or something, but well, let's look here what the Scripture says, okay? <laughs> let's look at the Scripture. So we, uh, we said, uh, verse 10 through 13, let's go. Uh, verse 11, it says, if, well, I'll just read verse 10 again. He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in the much, and he that is unjust in the least is unjust also in much. If therefore you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon. So in, in basically money, who will commit to you the, uh, the, who commit to your trust the true riches? And if you have not been faithful in that which is another man's, who shall give you that which is your own? It says, look, no servant can serve two masters, okay? It says, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot, look, look, you cannot serve God and mammon or money. And this is the thing. I learned this years ago. We serve God, money serves us. If we serve money, we're telling God to serve. So money is designed to serve us. It's a resource, just like everything else. You, you speak to the mountain, say thou be, be thou removed, be plucked up, cast into the sea. So it's designed to serve us, but, but it's not supposed. So from that standpoint, it's supposed to respond and answer when needed. But it's about needs, not about greeds. It's about needs, not about greeds. I'm sure you guys know the difference. So the scripture says in Ecclesiastes 7.12, it says, uh, for wisdom is a defense and money is a defense. It says, but the excellency of knowledge is that wisdom giveth life to them that have it. Money doesn't give you life. And that's where people have been set up. They've got their approval for money, so money get, get uh, in certain situations, but it could never give them the life. So that's why people were dealing with resentment. You know, because they were expecting, you know, fulfillment and things of that nature. Money is not designed to do that. It's a part of your fulfillment. So, so I'm fulfilled in God, and God has given me money as a resources to, uh, to be a blessing, you know, to be a blessing to others, to navigate, to do ministry and things of that nature, right? See, see money can't give us eternal life, only a false sense of security. That's all that, at, at best, money can only give you a false sense of security. What the scripture says, you bought nothing in the world, you can take nothing out. Yeah, so to money, money <laughs> you can't buy your way into eternity. <laughs> right? So, I mean, think, uh, uh, you could be the richest person in the world, but if somebody was dealing with an incurable disease, what do you need? You need God, right? You need healing, right? Money ain't going to buy you that, <laughs> right? So, so, so the scripture says that that love or the worship of, of, of money, it, uh, you, you pierce, it pierces through our life and steals it with many sorrows. So, so, so when we play off of money as our, as our key justifier, 
money pierces into our life. Because remember, through God we get life and peace. But when we're now we're playing off of money as the justifier, we allow money to take the first reign. And it pierces into our life, right? And it steals our life with many sorrows, right? The scripture says, pierce itself through with many sorrows. First Timothy 6, 17, right? And so, so, so again, it doesn't mean you're not supposed to have money. Money ain't supposed to have you. <laughs> you see the difference? All right, so let's, uh, we'll probably, we'll, we'll kind of close here, right? Supposed to have money, don't let money have you. It was, it was Matthew 6.33. Seek ye first, what? The kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. That would include money. If you read through Matthew 6, it was saying these are the things the Gentiles seek after. The Gentiles always sought after riches and things of that nature. Isaiah 61, I believe it is. See, the 61 or 60, right? So it talks about the Gentiles and trading and, and seeking after riches. So when he broke down that, that uh, when, he was, when Jesus was breaking down Matthew 6, he was saying, hey, I know you have need of these things, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. Don't chase these things. Don't chase money. Chase, don't chase the things. Chase the king. We talk about that a lot here at the church, right? All right, so let's look at here. Uh, we'll, we'll uh, I didn't know I had that. All right, so let's, uh, let's end here with 2 Corinthians 9. It's a chapter we jump in and out of from time to time. Um, I'm going to read that in the Amplified also. So 2 Corinthians 9, verses 6 through 11. 2 Corinthians 9, verses 6 through 11. Look, it says, now remember this. He who sows sparingly will give sparingly will also reap sparingly. Right? goes the same thing about the parallels to faithful in the least. Right? You ain't going to be faithful in the much. Right? So he who sows sparingly will reap sparingly. He who sows generously, that blessings may come to others. That's what sowing generously means. Will also reap generously and be blessed. It says, let each one give thoughtfully and with purpose, just as he has decided in his heart, not grudgingly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. See, that's, why, that's money serving us, right? Right? It says, and delights in the one whose heart is in his gift. So my, my see again, so, so you know how uh, we have, a, we get, get uh, ritualistic gift exchanges and things like that. Well, people's heart are in, in a lot of those gifts. You know, I, I remember I, I, I stumbled into a gift exchange when we first got married. You know, uh, they had a gift exchange and nobody told me. It was like, well, they told me when I got there, oh, you got such and such. Oh, no, no. It was before we got there. My wife said, oh, you got such and such. I was like, what are you talking about? And to be honest, I was playing off of the fact that we had no money. So I was like, you mean I got such and such? <laughs> how's somebody going to tell me? I kind of took a stand. Like, how's somebody going to tell me how to spend my money? But really, I ain't had no money. So I was like, man, I ain't trying to participate in no gift exchange. Right? But my heart wouldn't have been in the gift. So even when I do stuff for people now, well, most of my life I've been this way. I really want to do stuff that is from my heart, not just, you know, you know, here's a sock. You know, it really wasn't from my heart, but, you know, I can say I gave you something. So this is what this is saying. And God is able to make all grace 
every favor and earthly blessing come in abundance to you so that you may always, under all circumstances, regardless of the need, have complete sufficiency in everything. Being completely self-sufficient in him, that will be content, right? And have an abundance, look, look, this is the key, for every good work and act of charity. See, true riches is designed for every good work and act of charity. So if we're not faithful in the money we have now, why would God commit to us to true riches? He won't be able to use us for every good work and every act of charity. You know, we barely are considering anybody now, in the least. As is written and, and forever remains written, he, the benevolent and generous person, scattered abroad. He gave to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. Poor, them that are without. Now, he who provides seed for the sower, those that are going to give, and bread for food will provide and multiply your seed for sowing. That is your resources and and increase the harvest of your righteousness, which shows itself in active, look, goodness, kindness, and love. You will be enriched in every way so that you may be generous. You will be enriched. We could say true riches there. In every way so that you may be generous. And this generosity administered through us is producing thanksgiving to God from those who benefit. People that are impacted by the true riches that comes through your life, do what? Give thanksgiving to God. Draw the people into the kingdom, right? So, so, so again, you know, the King James verse says, you know, he gives seed to the sower to both minister bread for your food. So he ain't saying you're supposed to eat. It says, but, but, but multiply the seed sown. What he's saying is just don't eat the seeds, right? We talk about that a lot of time, like, like, most of the apple for you. Just don't eat the seeds. Keep it going. Do you realize the benefit of an apple? Yes, is you get a chance to eat in that moment, but you get a chance to continue to eat if you sow the seeds. So that's so God's system is, is, is not about trying to take something from nobody. It's really about keeping things replenished, fruitful, multiply. From way back in Genesis. Be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth. That was our assignment. Then we get here and we start consuming, hoarding, and, and not keeping it flowing. You see what I'm saying? So, so it's like I, I, I gave you a start, a fruit, just like Adam, and you haven't been faithful with it. Those that haven't been faithful, I'm saying. So he's saying, he says, just keep it, keep, keep things flowing. And so, so I think I have so much more here we'll talk about maybe uh, next week, but I just wanted to get us started with a money point of view. All right, so we'll end right there for tonight.